Welcome, everybody, to the Medfield College Film Society podcast. My name is Jeff Crawford, and we are a group dedicated to the preservation of the Disney Movie Library. By preservation, I mean we just watch the movies and comment on it. So whenever we feel the itch, we'll watch a Disney movie, break it down with our keen critical eyes, giving our thoughts and opinions on it. Then we'll spoil the plot for everyone. And finally, we'll apply our own unique rating system to see how it stacks up with other Disney films. So, uh, I'd like to first introduce our founding member, or the founder as we like to call him, the man who wears the showrunner hat of the podcast, Mr. Robert McSwain. Robert, welcome to your podcast. It's good to be at my podcast. I'm, I'm glad to be here and be part of this. Well, let me ask you, what made you want to form our uh, elite film society? Uh, it kind of it goes back a good ways, just trying to find some outlet for my Disney creativity, um, wanting to do something to give to the world. Um, and I used to, you know, text you off and on, you know, trying to find some, you know, avenue that that we could, you know, cr- do something creative around the Disney. Um, whether it was with the parks, whether it was with movies, you know, it, there's just so much you could do. And I kept trying to narrow it down. I didn't, you know, there's so many broad topics. So I wanted to keep it pretty, pretty narrow. But even, I mean, which sounds kind of funny because we're doing films, which is pretty broad in the grand scheme of things. But uh, I was sitting here watching the cat from outer space uh, with my kids. Like you do. Like, yeah, like everyone does. And um, I thought this would be a great, you know, podcast to sit here and comment on this. So I pitched it to you. And then I started thinking, gosh, you know, we need somebody that, that can offer, you know, some more ideas. So I, I pitched it to a few other people, which we'll introduce here in a minute. But, uh, and that's sort of where it kind of uh, grew from that. So it was just an idea just to be able to get together and talk about Disney films and, and, and kind of laugh at them a little bit and, and, and cry with them and cry at them and just, you know, have fun with them, I think. Yeah, a lot of crying at these movies is is ahead. Um, so let me ask you how you came to uh, be watching the Cat from Outer Space with your with your children. What? How did you get into this this Disney culture? So uh, it started. I mean, really, if you want to go all the way back to where my parents started watching the Wonderful World of Disney in the fifties, so they started watching that. They loved it as children. Uh, they wanted to go to D- Disneyland. They were just, you know, mesmerized by this idea, this theme park where you could go and ride the movies. You could be part of these these movies, these you know that they loved. Um, so as soon as Disney World opened in 1971, they went down there. They were there several months after it opened, and um, and then when they had kids, my sister and I, they were taking us down there all the time. So, it, it, and I got hooked on it at an early age from that. And then, of course, we got the Disney Channel sometime in the mid-80s, uh, mid to late 80s is when it came to Shelby, North Carolina, where we were, and started watching these movies that they were putting on the Disney Channel. And one of them was The Cat from Outer Space. And it's kind of funny because I think a lot of us have stories about The Cat from Outer Space. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so I'm watching these movies as, as, a, as a child and then... Um, when I had children, uh, of course, I was taking them to Disney World, and then I am, you know, letting them watch the Cat from Outer Space and other Disney movies that I grew up with. So, I mean, that's my int- entry point into into the Disney culture. And I mean, and I'm, uh, I wouldn't call myself a uh, fanatic. Um, I let some some other people on the podcast wear that hat, but I'm definitely, uh, I, I'm, I'm 
bigger than the average fan, I would say. Well, I mean, the first thing I'd like to say is I think in the first uh, five minutes of this podcast, we may have broken the record for the term cat from outer space on a podcast. And the second thing I'd like to say is that uh, the Disney Channel in the 80s was just an incredible uh, kind of entry into into these movies that we're going to discuss. They just had these uh, movies running all day and all night and especially if it was the free preview weekends. I mean, you had some real gems uh, on the Disney Channel, I feel like. Now it's a lot yeah, more original programming than it weekends. is then. Yeah, the free preview weekends were, were great because, yeah, they would, just, they would just overload it with really good content. Mm-hmm. Trying to make the sale. Well, so uh, as, uh, so Robert does some, uh, some video and, and work for his job. I, you know, he's a filmmaker. And uh, I want to know what your favorite movie is. So my favorite movie, it was changed over the years. Uh, growing up, I mean, I was a really big fan of Swiss Family Robinson. I mean, mm-hmm. I loved the action in it. Uh, the story was, was, had, it was funny. It had pirates. It had a big treehouse. I mean, all this stuff that was just really great. I loved it. And I watched it all the time as a kid. But here as an adult, you know, I, I got to tell you, I mean, I've, the last 10 years, I'd say that Mary Poppins has really shot up my list, and uh, I could watch that movie a lot and still, you know, feel just as entertained as I did when I was a child watching it. So I put Mary Poppins probably at number one right now. It's pretty hard to beat. Pretty hard to beat. It is. It is. So I want to transition now uh, and introduce our next member of the Film Society, and he is a man who wears the producer hat around here, and he is also our resident historian. And uh, he is Mr. Michael Crawford. Michael, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, and thanks for having me. I'm so excited we're doing this. It's uh, it's quite a coup to get you on board. We're we're excited to have you. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's a uh, yeah real coup for you guys <laughs> to book me. We've been referring to you as the uh, franchise around our office. <laughs> I mean, he's crossing so state lines for one. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. So, uh, so tell us a little bit about your entry point into, into the Disney culture. When oh, and where did it start gosh. for you? And, and and please keep it brief. Yeah. Well, I I hate I'm gonna steal some of Jeff's thunder here because ours is probably pretty much the same. Uh, but it, it was the same as you, Robert, uh, in that our parents were. Uh, Disney absorbing people when they were kids and were really into it. And uh, like yours, they were excited to have the Disney experience come to the East coast uh, when Walt Disney world opened and they actually went there on their honeymoon in the uh, early seventies. So we were kind of raised in that environment. And uh, the first time we went to Florida uh, was the month that Epcot opened and I was five, and I just remember a little vague impressions, uh, but that got me hooked, got us hooked, and it was all downhill from there. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, the same experiences growing up in the 80s with the Disney Channel when they in their golden years, and also uh, like the Disney afternoon where we were growing up on WCCB. In oh, Charlotte, yes. yes. They would have... Uh, the four half hour cartoons, but then they'd have an hour of Walt Disney presents. And that's where I saw a lot of the old movies and a lot of the like hour long specials with, uh, 
Walt and all the old timey stuff. So that's kind of where we we got started. Talking about old timey stuff here. So what, you know, I, I called you the historian of the Film Society. So tell me a little bit what qualifies you to be the Disney historian for us. I uh, am certified, licensed Disney historian. No, I um. I would have believed you if you'd said that. (laughs) I have my uh, doctorate degree hanging here on the wall, actually, from from Disney University from when we did the college program. But that doesn't actually qualify me for anything. Uh, About uh, 10, well, more than 10 years ago now, I started blogging about Disney history. And things kind of escalated from there. And uh, record scratch, I find myself actually working for Disney now. And I've done a lot of history stuff for D23 and the Walt Disney Family Museum. And now I'm doing some writing for uh, Disney Company proper. So I don't know if that makes me official, but... It it does in my book. Let me put it that way. It makes me certifiable. I'm sitting here in a (laughs) demented museum of... Demented museum of disney stuff so <laughs> so if you had to pick one error of the disney corporation as your favorite error what would it be oh man that's a tough one i mean it's it's hard to be just like the 60s because you get like parks theme parks and movies both clicking like at full like full speed right and then I'd say the theme parks again in the 80s. The movies, not as much. Although I enjoy a lot of them, I don't think they're really as good, even though they're enjoyable. But the theme park stuff was killing it in like 1982 to 83. So, but it's hard to be the 60s because you got all the movie, the big movies that we all know. You've got the World's Fair. You've got the prep for Disney World. So there's a lot going on. All right. So, as as mentioned, our next member of the society is our director and production designer and uh, my brother, Mr. Jeff Crawford. Always following in your footsteps. But I am yeah, the director. Well, no, you, brought, you are a director, and you brought me into this. You were, you were the one who uh, pitched me on this, and I was super excited, so I'm glad you did. Uh, but you know, I said our our backgrounds are pretty similar. But what hooked you into the Disney culture? I mean, I think all three of our stories are very similar. I guess my different spin on it is it's just interesting. As a uh, you know, I work in music, and um, I kind of had a resurgence in interest in Disney in like late twenties. I've always kind of been interested in it, but learning more about. Uh, the music and the kind of development of the films um, is something I never really thought much about. I just kind of enjoyed, and I it was kind of like a theme parks. I enjoyed the theme parks primarily, and then always was kind of immersed in the films, but um, but kind of learning more about how the films were developed and the music was an integral part of that um, just kind of dovetailed really into what I was doing, and I found pretty inspirational yeah uh, what do you say there any other ways that like, disney music influenced you in your career i mean i definitely think that it it does you know like the sherman brothers who did mary poppins and 
and so many wonderful things are just a, for Disney and, and other people are a major influence. And watching the documentary, The Boys, about them was a, a major influence on me and just seeing their process and how um, how much joy and how much sorrow is involved in their creation and how much of themselves they bring to what they do, even though it doesn't seem that way, you know, if you're singing a silly song, um, it it's it's been pretty influential. Yeah, that was a mind-blowing documentary. And uh, if anyone listening hasn't seen it, they should. Because things like I had followed those guys my whole life and didn't know any of that story. It was a crazy story. So yeah, yeah. check it out. But uh, And, uh, of course, the obvious question is, what's your favorite Disney song? I, I think I'd have to default to Oodalali from Robin Hood. It's a Roger Miller tune. Um, that one's kind of had a resurgence around here since my son has been born. We it's kind of a lullaby we sing to him a lot and uh i don't know i have so many it's hard to think about all the ones that i'd like to say but that would be feed the birds is another obvious uh favorite for me uh aforementioned sherman brothers but i could go yeah. on and on well you've covered you've covered a lot of them live on stage that's true that's true and uh yeah and and uh, too bad that my days of doing the country bear medley out on the town are have passed because <laughs> I've never sound ever heard that one. It was really good, really good moment for me. Might have to have a special episode. <laughs> That's true. That's true. So finally, we have our fourth member who's been waiting patiently. He is a man who needs no introduction because he has little to no background in Disney. So why do we have him here? Because he wears the on-air talent hat for our podcast and our film society. He is the most talented person I know. His name is Mr. Andy Brown. Andy, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, gentlemen. It's a pleasure to be here. So you did not grow up with this stuff. But since becoming a father, you've become more entrenched. And I would call you a, certainly from a park standpoint, you're, you're an aficionado now. Yeah, uh, I mean, us. when you got three kids, they kind of pull you into this stuff. <laughs> so tell us about your entry point uh, in, into the culture. Well, I mean, you say I didn't grow up on I kind of grew up, but I'm not like you guys. I did not go to Disney World as a young kid. Well, I'll take that back. I did, but I don't remember any of it. So none of it really made much of an impression on me. Uh, but the thing that Disney-related that made the most impression on me was something like... Uh, uh, what was the Disney movie thing that would come on like ABC on Sunday nights? The, the, the wonderful world of Disney with Michael Eisner. Yeah, sure. Okay. Uh, so that, <laughs> <laughs> I remember, uh, the boy that could fly boy who could yes. fly. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then I seem to remember that same kid that could fly was also in another movie. It was like robot boy or something with Alan Thicke. <laughs> Yeah. Not quite human, yes. Not quite Not, human. Okay. That was there a franchise. Jay, man. Okay. Jay Underwood. Yep. All right, yeah. So I remember those movies. I remember seeing Tron. I love Tron. I still love Tron to the day. Uh, I remember seeing Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, uh, like Flight of the Navigator, that kind of stuff. So I, I remember those movies. But then like Little Mermaid, all that stuff, when it started coming out, Lion King, all that stuff was lost on me. Uh, so it wasn't until much, much later when I had children of my own that uh, we started watching these Disney movies and really kind of, you know, and, and enjoying it uh, and, and making trips to the parks and things like that. So, yeah. Boy, I would consider you being very well versed in film. And I don't mean movies. We're talking films here. You're, you're a film guy. <laughs> so uh, what yeah. makes a good film and, and, and what are you looking for when you watch a Disney f- uh, movie or, <clears throat> I mean, 
or film? All right. So to me, a good film is all about good storytelling. Uh, you have to have a good plot uh, with relatable stakes of some sort and uh, really good characters that you care about. And, uh, and it never hurts to have a good villain. It's kind of like the movie Eight Below. It's a Disney film you may have heard of with the the late Paul Walker with his dogs in the the Great White North. <laughs> okay. Um, <Yeah>. So <laughs> I'm kidding about the last part, but yeah. R.I.P. So your favorite, uh, you've had some Disney moments in, in your adulthood. So um, mm-hmm. what's your favorite, been your favorite Disney moment? Favorite, just general Disney moment. It'd have to be, we went to, uh, we went to Disney World, I guess it's been a year now and took my three kids, my wife and I, and we were at the Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party. And uh, there was two things that really just made an impression on me. First was the, the there may be a name for this. Uh, forgive me, listeners, because I don't know all this stuff. But there was a parade that was happening. And um, I was standing almost near Pecos Bills. Not quite Pecos Bills. In, in between, halfway in between Pecos Bills and Haunted Mansion, right? In that, that stretch right through there. Uh, Liberty Square, I think, is the kind of right about that part. Um, and um, and here came the, the Headless Horseman. And it was like, I mean, it looked most legit thing I'd ever seen. Uh, it, it was actually terrifying. And I was like, wow. It was just one of those wow moments. I was like, that was just so cool. And then the second was the same trip, but we were, uh, we had just left the barn burner and we were going up to Vampirina's dance party. <laughs> and all of a sudden the fireworks started and it seemed, it was, seemed like we were just directly under the fireworks and it was just going off within just feet of our, of where we were standing over our heads. And it was just really cool and just all encompassing. So it was just a really cool moment. That's yeah. I mean, I've, I haven't been able to do the not so scary Halloween party, but I've heard tale of it being pretty impressive. Um, but, or I've not been to Vampirina's dance party either. I've been oh, yeah, that's that gotta that, be man. impressive. So I bet that was impressive as well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I want to transition here as the uh, as the creator of this podcast, uh, and let's let's have a quick discussion and talk a little bit about what we hope our listeners will get out of this podcast and what they have to look forward to. Uh, Jeff's already touched off on this a little bit. We're going to do lots of spoilers and that sort of thing. Uh, but um, what do you guys envision this being? Actually, I'm excited that uh, Disney Plus is starting in November, and I keep talking to my wife about it and getting on her nerves, but um, a lot of these movies that we're going to be talking about are on Disney Plus. Not all of them, but um, you know, some of this stuff, I'm excited about introducing people to some movies that they may not have seen, um, that we've seen a lot of times that are just really bizarre and strange. So just kind of maybe being an ambassador for... Um, some odd Disney films and being able to talk about them with some friends is uh, so I, yeah. As far as the listeners, I hope that they get to hear about and and then decide to see movies that they haven't seen before. So yeah, I'm going to jump in right there and say I'm going to be that person. Yes. I have not seen a lot. I'm of sorry, these films. films. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jeff, please. So, yes, Cat so, Outer Space is a film. Yeah, so, Mr. Scorsese. Yeah. So it's gonna be it's gonna be fun to I'll kind of represent some of the voices of these people that have never seen this stuff. So I think for me it's just gonna be getting to discuss this stuff. I mean, I've uh, my wife gets tired of hearing about it. I mean, she's she's <laughs> in the Disney too. It's not, 
but but she doesn't like to discuss it at, at the same level that I like to discuss it. So that's kind of where a lot of this got born. But I'm just looking forward to getting to, and, and talking about it and then sharing this with people who share my my feelings for these movies, whether they're good or bad, and we'll find out. Yeah, I'll agree with that. I think, uh, like Jeff was saying, I mean, I think we grew up in an era when these movies were more around. I mean, we all mentioned Disney Channel and uh, the the various ways they kind of popped up on TV. And I found via social media with the youths that, uh, you know, a lot of people today don't know these movies as well as they used to. And I mean, they weren't new movies when we were kids. They're, they were already kind of older movies, but they were around more often. And aside from TCM, they haven't been on TV at all. So I'm really, like Jeff said, excited about Disney Plus because uh, that'll be a good way to reintroduce them to people. And, I mean, they're rarely boring. Even when they're bad, they're entertainingly insane. So there's always something to talk about. There's definitely lots to talk about, and we're going to be doing lots of spoilers. Uh, if you don't want to know about these movies, then don't listen to this podcast, because we are going to spoil the fool out of these movies for you. I mean, hopefully we'll be planned ahead enough that we can let people know what's coming down the pipe, and they can watch it for themselves, and then we can talk about it together. Exactly. Yeah, that would be a great. That's a great concept, yes. And then we're going to give our, our, our unique rating system. You're going to have to wait and find out what that rating system is going to be because it is going to be uh, – well, Jeff, you tell us. You, you came up with the idea of the rating system. <laughs> how, do you want to, how do you want to describe the rating system in a vague way? I'll say we will be uh, scoring on a rubric individually based on each film. There we go. Yeah. That's good. We're going to bring in some special guests when we find it uh, to be suitable. And when we find who they are. And once we, once people agree to do it, and um, so I'm looking forward to it. I, I mean, I can't wait uh, to get going. Um, uh, I'm, I'm excited. There's a lot of movies to get to. I mean, that's the other exciting thing is that there's so many eras, and I think we're gonna also be including. You know, we're doing Walt Disney Pictures or Walt Disney Productions, what have you. But I think we're also including Touchstone and Hollywood Pictures. Um, yes, definitely. Which we can explain later what all the differentiation there is, but it's it, it opens an exciting Pandora's box of interesting movies. Right, Andy? <laughs> yeah. Well, so again, we hope you all subscribe. We hope you all enjoy. Um, there should be some pilots uh, in your feed, and then we'll get into our season one very soon. We look forward to talking about these movies and and interacting with you all on social media so stay tuned uh we'll be back soon Your praises to the sky, rock, rock, for proud are we a mighty man filled.